When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Five Star Zone with Rico Beard. Welcome to another edition of the Five Star Zone. Rico Beard, Evan Jenkins on the other side of the microphone. And uh, Evan, we had the big game on Saturday, Michigan, Michigan State. Michigan State wins the game 83-67. to And despite Hunter Dickinson having 25 points, the game went exactly how I thought it was going to go. I mean, yeah, they just dumped the ball down low. Let Hunter shoot. He did his move. He faked to the right, faked to the right, spent to the left. But they made him expel a lot of energy every time he did the shot. They weren't shooting the threes. Their outside shooting was abysmal. And Michigan State got into the transition game. The bench, A.J. Hogard comes off, gets a double-double off the bench. They took that thing over. Well, they, they took the lead. They had a four-point lead at halftime. But yeah, I would say it was about a minute and a half left in the first half that they started clicking. Yeah, and then the, as soon as coming out of halftime, once again, man, State and Izzo made all the adjustments. He said, you know, Mike Garland came in, had a yelling session, was throwing things around. <laughs> and I don't know if, if Juwan Howard knows what a halftime speech is. and I don't know if he knows how to make adjustments because uh, Mike uh, Valenti sent me a stat during the game, but Michigan is, I want to say, a plus 111. And this is before they played Nebraska, but plus 111 in the first half. Yeah, then like minus 13 in the second half. Minus 33 oh, in the yeah, second it's, half. It's it, So th- this is a problem that they can't keep the lead over teams. And you, you got to wonder what's being lost, what's being said at halftime. But for Michigan State, they came out there, and, I mean, the crowd – I'll give it to the Izzone. For people who complain about the Izzone, the Izzone was great. They were rocking. It was vintage Izzone. And I think a lot of that has – because people are like, well, these young kids are all on their phone. Man, I didn't see anybody on their phone. And I do think that having basketball taken away from them last year gave them a greater appreciation this year. Where they were out there, they were dialed in, they were focused, they were loud. I mean, it, it, it was the perfect atmosphere if you're a Michigan State Spartan fan. It was a perfect atmosphere for Mel Tucker with recruits there. I mean it. I mean he came in. As I said, they they showed off the Peach Bowl trophy. I mean that thing was textbook. You knew exactly how it was going to go, and yeah, it they got the job done. And it was good to see guys like AJ coming off the bench and contributing. You know, and the other thing is Joey Hauser. I mean he went from being hated to now he's a key piece. And what people need to realize. He was never going to be that guy that shoots and scores 30 points a game. No, but people expected that, especially off of that game against Wisconsin last year on Christmas where he went off for that. But right. Joey's a role player. Joey's he, a role player. Joey is a try-hard guy. Yeah. And he's consistent with his try Now, what you don't want Joey to do is what he did last year. You don't want Joey bringing the ball up the court. No, you don't want him doing too much. Because that's going to be a turnover. You hit Hauser on open shots more times than none. He's going to make it. And, I i mean, I got egg on my face because I was one screaming at the TV. But then when you, you take a step back and you really look at it and say, okay, he's doing way more than he ever should do on a team. And a team that, 
like Michigan State. You know, not one guy is ever going to take it over for him. I mean, Cash just did a little bit. But when you talk about Michigan, what's interesting to me is that they've become a one-dimensional team. They're only down low game. Right. That's it. Their pick and roll isn't there like it used to be. The pick and pop, I mean, who are their shooters? You know what I mean? I mean, it's, it's supposed to be Caleb Houston. I mean, he finished with 11 points, but what, like four of those points came off of free throws late in the game. He was a non-factor in the game. For a second, it looked like Musa Diamante was going to do something, especially when he got this steal, when Bingham threw the air and pass on the inbound. I still think he did something special in that game. He, he showed did, me. He did. No, no, he did. But it was for like a brief glimpse. He looked like he was the best player on the court for a few minutes. And then you saw that he couldn't do it on his own because that's what he was doing early on in that game. When you saw Michigan State was down four or six points and Diabate must have had four offensive boards and Michigan State had already turned it over four times and you look at it and you're like, well, they're only up four points. So things are going to f- switch when right. you know emotions calm down and everything. But A.J. Hogarth, you brought him up, and he is so perplexing to me how he can look so phenomenal in that game against Michigan, which was motivated, getting the crowd going. He kept waving his arms. But then you see a game like last night, and you're like, what happens there? It's, you know what? The thing is for him. Because he's a fast guy. He goes 100 miles an hour at but all See, that's time. just it. He, he goes a little too fast, and his body is not made for him to go that fast. So that's why it looks awkward. That's why, that's why think- he doesn't look fluid. Like, some people just look so smooth and so fluid when they have it. And, and it was – I hate to use the example, but, like, Cassius moved at a slower pace. Right, but – Because of his body. Within himself. But though. it looked fluid when he did the move, and he was like the guy at the rec league. Like, how is he doing this? It was perplexing because it didn't look like he could do it. Where AJ is just like, boom, go. I'm Kyrie. And it's like, AJ, you're not Kyrie. Okay. You can't just squeeze between two people. Now, he was able to do that against Michigan where he kept breaking the, uh, when they, when they would try to hedge the uh, ball screen. But most of the time, he gets himself in trouble when he tries to split defenders and he loses the ball. Yeah. Or he gets into the paint into no man's land and he loses the ball. When he plays within himself, he's all right. Well, and he is a major reason why I think Michigan State could be a factor in the tournament. It's not only him, but it's the combination of Tyson Walker with him. It's hard to game plan for two different style point guards like Walker and like Hogarth. They couldn't be more polar opposite in how they run the point guard position. I think that's extremely tough for teams to really defend, to prep for. Because you got to prep for both, but you and I both know the guy that's going that day is the guy that's going to get more minutes. Right. You know what I mean? So, But it, the thing it, is, with, with A.J., he has fearlessness. And Walker, he's, there's hesitancy. Where at, last night, you know, he, he passes up more shots at the end of the game. It's like, you're the point guard. The ball's in your hand. You can't be afraid to shoot the ball. But instead, he'll drive to the basket and try a wraparound pass across the court, and it gets stolen. It's like... You just need somebody to rise and fly and let it go and, and and just go with May. But last night, and we'll get to that soon, but that was their thing. Their downfall in the last six minutes, no one wanted to shoot the ball. Yeah. I've it, never seen that. It was like, will somebody shoot the effing ball? Yeah. And what I love from the Michigan-Michigan State game was just the the kids flying around and getting on the floor. You know, Marcus Bingham is a kid that – Looks fragile, right, is an understatement. Mm -hmm. But 
you see him get on the floor and you see Izzo kiss him on the cheek, yelling, F, yeah, he's yeah. having a great time. That's when Michigan State basketball is going on all cylinders. When right. They're selling out for loose balls. When, I mean, Gabe Brown had a horrible game until the last, what, five minutes? Gabe Brown's had a horrible couple of games. He's He's been marred in a slump that I've never seen, like, Gabe Brown in. I mean, he had a 1-3 last night, but he had the dunks. But I think for Gabe. It's weird. It's Gabe like needs to realize. Him. No, Gabe's problem is this. You want to break your slump. Be an athlete. Go to the rack. Go to the rack. Make closer shots. But he's so hell-bent on hitting that laser (laughs) three-pointer that it's like, Gabe, you saw, you know, drive to the basket and dunk the ball. I mean, it's it's like Max Christie came out of his slump against Illinois, 14 points in the first half. Now, he's got to have consistency to score more points in the second half, but he took that game over, and there were times he would hit the three, he would drive to the basket. He would dunk. He would do all types of things. Whereas Gabe, for some reason, only believes he can shoot three-pointers. It, it's weird because it's almost like he's afraid of the contact. But the way that some of those dunks and stuff that he goes about, like he's not timid at all to go to the rack like that. I mean, you see the shot that he had against Michigan where he did that pull-up NBA three, drains it, and you're like, all right, that's confidence for him. Right. But then other times you see it and it's like, well, I have to get a shot up. Like uh, Robbie Hummel said it. He's like, that was a forced shot. There was one that he shot in the first half last night that got blocked. It ended up being a foul. But I think, by the way, Robbie Hummel is fabulous on games. Good replacement for Dockage. He's very – well, he's on ESPN, Big Ten Network. It seems I like mean, every game no, I'm he, watching. No, he basically – everything he – it was what Dan Dockage was doing back before. I think he's so good. Yeah, he is. He's good. He's knowledgeable. And let, let's hope he doesn't change. Did, because I like Dockage. When Dockage first came on, he was really good. He knew the game. But then Dockage became the story. Yeah. Well, yeah, because he made it about himself. He'd right. go and check Twitter and then bring that up during a broadcast. During the like, game. What are you doing, like, man? Dude, why are you tweeting during like, the game? I shouldn't matter to you during a game. I've, honestly, if I'm the director, dude, shut it down now. Yeah. We'll keep well, your phone. That's essentially what they did. Yeah, what they <laughs> they did. got rid of it. But So how loud was that crowd? Was that vintage Breslin? Was, On TV, it sounded very, no, very loud. It was, it was vintage Breslin, especially because of a, a chunk of the lower bowl where the is on would be was football recruits. And they and were it, going nuts. And during Michigan State's biggest comeback, they were gone. The recruits, oh. the recruits were getting a tour of the football building and the facilities, so... They were gone. It was just Mel Tucker was the only one sit, still sitting down there, who, by the way, was into the game. Like, you thought he was sitting in his living room yelling at the refs. Like, Come on. I mean, he was not just very stoic. No, he was – you might as well have gave him a white T-shirt and moved him over a section. And I love it. You know why? Because he hates Michigan just like Tom Izzo does, and, and you can see it even with a basketball game. That means absolutely nothing to him. Mm-hmm. But it means everything to the school. And I thought Tom Izzo, after the game, had a great quote where he's like, talk about how he loves the school and everything. And, like, you know that with Tom Izzo. He's going to be buried in East Lansing. They're going to put up a statue, all of that. But the reason I bring that up is because the polar opposite seems to be happening with Jawan Howard when he goes to the podium. It seems like he's getting really frustrated, almost not as bad as what Penny was getting frustrated. But Jawan, like, when asked about the defense that Bingham played on Dickinson, I understand that you want to defend your guy. I have no problem with that. But to be a basketball mind like Jawan Howard is and to see that his player didn't, to not see that his player struggled against him 
No, he looked at the paper and was like, well, he scored 25 points. And nine of them came from the free throw line. And I understand that's, you know, creating fouls and everything. But Hunter had an off day in my This is a man who started the press conference, Evan, bragging about how he never lost as a player. Okay, and that was in 1993. That was 30 years ago. Yeah. We really doing this? 30 years ago, Juwan. Yeah. And and so be it. Your team was wonderful when you played. You haven't won a game as a coach here. So maybe you need to focus on the latter than the former. It's just weird because I see, other than old college coaches like Calhoun's and stuff that get pissed or Coach K gets pissed when a blogger asks him a question, it seems like players that transition into it really get frustrated when they're second Right, well, how dare you question me? And it's like, guys, you know what? This is a different role. And, yeah, it's not a challenge. We're watching this game and – you know, you didn't make any adjustments again, and your team lost again. And you're bragging about the fact that your guy scored 25 points in a 16-point loss. That probably was more, but State just didn't care You know, at the it, end. They can't put in Keon Coleman and Malik Carr emptying the bench. Yeah, your, your radio partner has said it for years, and Mike Valeni, that it doesn't come from the coaches. It comes from the school. It does. You see Diabate talking crap when they're down 15. Right. And Max Christie, you can literally read his lips saying, you're down 15 points, bro. Right. <laughs> down 15 points. Man. It, it's, but that it's, comes from the, the, the school. It's the Michigan arrogance. Uh, Juwan, hey, you want to talk about being born on third base? I'm starting to think Juwan Howard was born on third base. Well, next year is going to be a big year for him. You know, I mean – Say what you want about Tom Izzo. You can criticize him. What, his first two years he went to the NIT and he hasn't looked back since? It happens for coaches. They go, they go, they go. The Big Ten. Right, but here's the thing, Evan, not to cut you off, but when you brag upon your recruiting class, you got the number one class. We're coming off an Elite Eight year. They were preseason top five. Yeah. And now, I mean. You're what, 11 and 8? They got to run it. The, they 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 literally have to run the table to make the tournament. They they have some the, tough. The way games I up. figure, unless they win the Big Ten tournament and get the automatic Big Ten bid, they can only lose three more games. Do you think Michigan State? They were the first team that I've watched that really plays Hunter Dickinson man on man. They don't double too much. They don't let him beat you at the skip pass where he is very very good with that. Do you think more Big Ten teams a la Wisconsin? Nebraska did it. Yeah, and like Purdue. Like there's no way Purdue doubles him. Right. I mean, because if you double him, that leaves guys wide open. So, But yet they can't shoot the three. Once again, it's pick your – you'd rather not let Michigan get hot. That's how they – Correct. That is how they beat Indiana on the road was – Indiana, let they, they were raining threes. I think they shot like over fifty percent that day. Yeah, and I think last night they shot thirteen percent or something. You you want yeah, because they hit two. Yeah. Now one of them was at the biggest moment late in the game, where it was in the corner, and they were like, "Hey, they hit their second shot." It was a good time for that. But yeah, I mean they they missed a ton of easy baskets, layups in the Michigan State game. It, it was just it, that game went as. Pretty much planned for for Tom Izzo and MSU, and it's what they did last year too against them. They went man on them. Yeah. Like you can beat us if you can score sixty points tonight. So be it. Right, but you're going to tire yourself out, and and that's exactly what happened. And then uh, you know, following they followed those games up. Both teams won their games. Both teams were in struggles. Michigan State went to Maryland. 
Danny Manning and that Maryland team it was a blackout. Kind of. And, other than all the red, empty seats. Right. <laughs> yes, it was a pretty bad crowd. I don't know if it was just traffic or they just don't care. Yeah, it was weird. But, you know, and they were handling Maryland. And at one point, Michigan State, it was back and forth. And then they pulled out to a 10-point lead at the half. They pushed that thing to like 15 or 16 points. And then it was like the, exactly what happened in the Illinois game when Michigan State just came back from a big lead, little by little, slowly, surely. Oh, yeah. And Maryland kept coming back and coming back. And for the last six minutes and 15 seconds, MSU just refused to shoot the ball. It was you weird. Had, you had a lot of bad guys like making wraparound passes, the Joey Hauser no-look pass. Like, dude, shoot the ball. Tyson Walker gets into the paint and <clears throat> tries to throw it across the court. Wraparound, like, you're 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 right at the rim. I mean, even the game-winning basket with Malik Hall, mm. he had a wide-open three. And he chose not to do it, and he drove to the basket, and my God, the thing barely crawled over the lip of the basket and goes in. I mean, I, I can't – they didn't steal one because they played better throughout the game, but, sure. man, they did not finish at all in that game. Well, you're right, because what was it, the last six minutes until Malik scored that bucket? They didn't score a basket. Right, they hit only free throws. Yeah. That was it. And that's not a recipe to win a lot of games. But they were, I mean, for most of the game, they dominated the game. They totally so did. it wasn't like, like Illinois, had they won in Illinois, they would have stole that game. If they would have beat Northwestern, they would have stolen that game. This one was theirs. And, uh, and basically Maryland stole it and Michigan State stole it back at the last minute. Yeah, I thought it was going to be one of those games almost like Illinois come down to free throws at the end and hoping that you make them. But, I mean, they're lucky they have Malik Hall that's deciding to be that I mean, guy to step up. At least he's deciding that he wants to be the guy. This, sure. This is the problem with Michigan State. When they play teams like Michigan and they're rolling and they're winning by double digits, everybody's great. But when it comes to crunch time, you don't have that person who says, this is my team. Give me the ball. The ball is going to go through me. You were hoping it was going to be Tyson Walker. It's not him. A.J. Hogard, I don't know if you can trust him. Well, and he doesn't have the best jumper either, so if he's not getting to the rack. You know, Max Christie is not saying it's going to be me. Gabe Brown, he's not even in the games lately. I know. It, it's so weird. You know, Marcus Bingham, I mean, maybe you do what you did at the Bahamas tournament and you throw the alley-oop to Marcus Bingham. But, yeah, it's, it's like either Malik Hall or Joey Hauser. I'll tell you what. I love a good heat check in basketball. Marcus Bingham last night makes two threes. His heat check is like a 12-foot baseline shot, and he just chucks over oh, oh, the basket. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, that is the best heat. Usually a heat check's like a three-pointer that's right. five feet past the line. <laughs> I was dying. Yeah, he because shot good that for him thing. to make those threes. Yeah. He's dangerous if he's hitting that shot. And then you also got to make sure your guys, I mean, the foul trouble that marble. they had last night. Oh. And marble. Marble, yeah, I mean, he can complain all he wants and go full Tayshawn Prince, but yeah, dude, that's moving screens. Oh, big time. That last I, one. I, both of them. I, I can't sit here and defend you. You, you. In order, you stand there. Now, and the, Robbie Hummel put it best, too, like, or the other announcer. Hogard has to. You know, basically come right off of him, but he doesn't. No, and you so it leads him and... to kind of throw the hip out there. Mm -hmm. It's like, no, guys, it's it's the little things like that. Like another thing, man, they better be careful. I don't know if you noticed when Malik Hall inbounds the ball, 
Oh, he always steps over that line. He never really goes out of bounds. No. But the referee's not looking. And they've called that on Michigan State in the past. A hundred percent. But I'm like, I Malik, that all Malik you're not even going out of bounds. Because he'll do the one foot thing. Right. And I'm like, oof. But, you're right. If somebody notices that, hopefully refs don't listen to the five-star zone. But, yeah, that <laughs> the, the, the foul trouble. I mean, that the game last night, it was a Big Ten game on the road. You won. You got Rutgers coming up at the rack. It's going to be a more difficult thing. Yeah, they, that's Saturday, right? Rutgers, yeah, I mean, they, well, barely, they lost to Northwestern last night. In overtime, uh, Ron Harper Jr. had great shot. It just hit the front of the yeah. rim. He's a good he, player, man. Legs were tired. Um, so, yeah, the Big Ten, it's going to be a struggle. I don't think you're going to see any more blowouts in the Big Ten, period. And it doesn't mean that, oh, my God, they're bad. I mean, because you look up and Michigan State's tied for first with Illinois and Wisconsin. And they both play tonight, right? And they got the tiebreaker over Wisconsin. Illinois technically has a tiebreaker over them. But got two losses in the Big Ten. But, yeah, games are going to be close. You're not going to see that blowout game. But that's I mean, why I love it. They've already played Nebraska. I think they played Nebraska already. Did they? Yeah. And that game wasn't a blowout. No. So that was your only blowout that you're going to get. Because that's when I first learned about uh, that freshman that they have. And, boy, did he play well last night against Michigan. He did. I mean, Michigan's so odd because, what, Hunter Dickinson got two fouls in the first five minutes of that game. And they showed you they're one-dimensional. Right. Because Nebraska is not a very good basketball team. I'm pretty sure that they have as many wins in the Big Ten this year as you and I do. Right. And that's a big, fat goose egg. Right. Um, but they'll play hard. You know, they got those two brothers that are very good. They got that, uh, what, his freshman who was a top 40 kid in Reese who is raw. But you can see the – he's a lot like Diabate is for Michigan. Mm-hmm. But when Michigan doesn't have a post presence, they are – lost out there and it's so shocking to me because i mean we were trained under john beeline teams right that they weren't gonna kill you in the post they were gonna kill you with the three and and just their pick and roll game was so sensational and you see these lapses where you're like what is being coached there i don't know man i really don't know because yeah uh bryce mcgowan went off again He's probably going to give Max Christie a run for fre- freshman of the year. He's averaging almost 20 a game. I, I could see either him winning it or it being a co, unless sure. Christie really pours it on. The only thing is you know, he's buried on Nebraska. So, and, they, and they were talking about this on the Big Ten Network. Do you reward a kid for playing really great on a bad team or do you reward a kid for playing good on a good team? Right. And, and, that's, and that's the question. I mean, Christie's had games where he's been great. And then, but McGowan's, it's like you watch them and you're like, that's their team right now. Yeah. You know, they they have a couple post guys, but I just, I can't get over the fact that Hunter Dickinson gets himself in this foul trouble every single game. Like, but that's the kind of player he is. So if he misses shots, he's already stuck under the basket. So for him to react, which basketball players do, they react and they go for a loose ball. Mm-hmm. It's going to happen more times than none. He He's I say this in the nicest way possible, but he's a statue in the post. And listen, if he gets you on his right hip or his left hip, more times than none, he's going to make that basket. And and he should. He's seven one. He's two hundred and fifty right. pounds. I mean, he's a monster. But when you get an athletic big against him, it frustrates him, and you can see it. Well, you got to make him work, and that, and that's the thing is you just make him earn his shots because by the end of the game, he's gas. He's tired. 
Um, well, he's it for them. It's him and Diabate. Right, and I, would, I wouldn't play those guys together. I would rotate them. Okay, and that's a question because they do play them together. And I when wouldn't. they're out there, that's their best five. I agree. But when you get them in foul trouble and you have no bigs, I mean, Brandon Johns, what the heck happened to him? Dude, he's, he's, he's the Michigan version of Joey Hauser. Of last year, correct. Yeah, well, they just – well, Joey Hauser earlier this year until he get that game-winning shot. Sure. But, yeah, he it's just – It's weird because he looked so promising to me, his freshman and sophomore year. He got better, got better. And now it just seems like it's – He plateaued. Yeah, there's no confidence. Like, I mean, he used to step out and hit big threes for him, and now he's only down low. Or in, And it seems like when he gets out there, he's like, I'm getting my shots up no matter what you say. It's weird, and I just didn't think I would expect it because I, I'm with you. I thought Jawan, I was like, it's going to be a problem for Michigan State for years to come. But you can see him getting frustrated a little too. Oh no, he's beyond frustrated. I think that his, I think he's pretty much cashed out this season. I, I don't think you're going to get too much out of him, and they're not going to ask much from him. I mean, he uh, played sparingly in East Lance. You you figure if he was going to have a big game. Was gonna be in front of his hometown, right? Kind of like an Andrew Anthony type, right? Deal again. Where yeah, he comes out there, no motivated, extra motivation. He didn't have it. Now he from, went to like East Lansing High yeah, School. Yeah, he went to right? East Lansing. Yeah, he went to East Lansing. The irony was, he went to East Lansing. Gabe Brown went to uh, Ipsy Prep, Belleville. Right? They or, went to Belleville. Is that what it was? Okay. Yeah, which outside, right outside of Ann Arbor, and That's they swapped places. Yeah, you would think that you know you, East Lansing would get that guy, and no, they ended up going in opposite. It places. is weird too, because in your backyard, you would think that that's ingrained in you. But you know for what? some Here's people, I it, think it bothers it, them. Brandon Johns wouldn't have survived at Michigan State. Brandon Johns was not a guy to take to Izzo type coaching. I think the worst thing that happened to Brandon Johns was it was Beeline left. Yeah, he was the perfect Beeline guy. Right, he was. But I, Big I don't, I don't think step that, out. And do I don't a think. Bit yeah, more. I don't think he's picking up too much on Juwan Howard now for Michigan. Matt, you know what? Their season, you want to make the tournament, you got Purdue. At Purdue this Saturday. That's this Saturday? This Saturday. Oh, that's must-watch TV, man. It's Mackey. House of Horrors. Um, Well, and Edie, I mean. You got Edie and you got Travion Williams, who could start on any team but Purdue. Oh, and comes off their bench? Right. It's ridiculous, right? Right. I mean, if he plays for Michigan State, then, yeah, he's, he's starting over probably Bingham, but. If you're Michigan, you want to make the tournament right here. Well, and Jaden Ivey, I mean, he's a first-round guy there for them. Yeah, they're, they're, number they're, four scary, for they're number four for a reason. They're always scary in the Big Ten, and then they get to the tournament, but something happens. Well, I can tell you why. <laughs> I'll tell you why in a second, but for, for Purdue, geez, you know, I don't know how they've already lost three games in the Big Ten. Wild. But they have. Rutgers just shot lights out. Yeah, and they the made that final shot and everything. It's but yeah, now, now they lose in the tournament because the NCAA tournament is all about your point guards. Purdue always has big man, but think about it: when the tournament comes around, the big man starts becoming a liability. Think of Gonzaga last year. Baylor didn't have any big man. No, they, they had a bunch guards. of guys that were six five to six seven. Gonzaga, you think just dump it down low? But then the athleticism kicks in. Well, now I'm going to make you come out of there, and you're going to have to guard and chase me around. So, yeah, if you look at teams that win the NCAA tournament, most of the time they got great guard play, a great backcourt. College basketball is all about the point guard and the backcourt. 
Yeah, you're right. I mean, even when, what was it, the Kentucky team with Carl Anthony Towns or whatever, and they got bounced because he was their guy. Right. You're right about that. I guess, it, well, even when they had Carson Edwards, they didn't have an elite big with them. That's the funny part. No, it was, but it was just him. Yeah. Like, you need a backcourt so that. Is that bald white kid still there for them, 55? Not that he's gone. He has to be gone, right? I mean, that kid has been there forever. For he, Purdue? Yeah, and always hits these big shots for them. Always. I got to see what's his name. So, yeah, but, you know, it's good. Purdue's playing tonight. They got Minnesota. Yeah, Sasha Stefanovic. Yeah, he's gone. No, he's still there. He's still there? Yep. He's played eight games. Wow. Or no, he's played 21 games, 29 minutes a game, 12 points a game. This kid will hit threes, and you're just back-breaking threes. Yeah, so, oh, and by the way, I mean, you probably guys already know this, but the makeup game for at Chrysler for Michigan, Michigan State is going to be on March 1st. You mean Izzo first? Isn't that what they say? Oh, well, you got to win the game. <laughs> uh, 8.30 is going to be on FS1, so, yeah. That's going to get made up. And then they also reschedule the Purdue game, too. The Purdue Michigan game, did. yeah. So they're going to make their games up. It's going to be a tight stretch for both teams down the line. For Michigan State, I believe that game got sandwiched between Purdue and Ohio State. And for Michigan, that game got sandwiched between Illinois and – I'm trying to think. It was. Let me pull it up as you – Great podcast right here. Yeah, no, I, Illinois they, and Iowa. Yeah, so that game has sandwich, but Michigan, it works out for them because they finish up. They're all they're staying at home. Illinois is at home. Michigan State's at home. Iowa's at home. Michigan State for them. Yeah, they really only go on the road to Ohio. They State. have two more games left, right, on the road. Who? Michigan? Oh no, I guess they have them in March too. So maybe three. No, yeah, yeah their last game of the year is at, at Purdue, at Penn State. And then, at Iowa, no, at Wisconsin, yep. and at Ohio State. So, Ohio State's another good team in the Big Ten. EJ Liddell is. I mean, they should have beaten Purdue. Also, that kid Washington, their point guard last year. You right. see what he's been doing in the NBA. I knew he's he legit. Was, I knew he was going to be. Hey, Washington man. is legit. <laughs> he was a guy that literally begged to come to Michigan State. He was at every game as a recruit. And they they passed on him, and I mean, <laughs> they had Foster lawyer, so they didn't take him. Oh, that, who's no longer ranked, by the way. Right, but yeah, <laughs> Dwayne Washington, him and his father, well, senior and junior would show up. Yeah, they. I mean, it's no big secret. He wanted to come to MSU. Dad played in the league for a little bit. I mean, and, everything happens for a reason. He had a very. I mean, they, they were even like, "Hey, we'll, we'll, we'll come in as a walk on." Like, Dad had enough money. Like, we'll walk on. Yeah, and we'll earn the scholarship. And and I think they were going to go that route. He took a visit to Ohio State, and Ohio State was like, "Walk on. We're, we're offering you a full scholarship." And yeah, you take the full scholarship. He, he made the right choice. I mean, he was a backbreaker for them last year. He was. Oh my goodness, was he so good. He was. And so. and I also understand the taking Mr. Basketball. I mean, Foster Lawyer was hyped up around here just like Amani Bates who Foster mm, well, mm. the thing is, yeah, Foster Lawyer the thing about Foster was he never grew. No. And that's every, a big problem. Every, everybody thought, I mean, cuz his brother I think his brother Fletcher. At, he's yeah, at Fletcher. Purdue. He's at Purdue. Fletcher's like 6'4". It's crazy, isn't it? You got to look at oh, Fo- everybody. Foster took after his mother. His yeah. mother's short. 
Fletcher took after Dad and everybody else. They're taller. And, and everybody expected Foster to hit a growth spurt and all of a sudden take off like eight inches, and it never happened. And it was hard to deny him because in high school he's still dropping 40 a game. Right. It's it's crazy, but you notice I I mentioned Imani Bates, right? I did, and you is noticed that the, I, I just glossed right over that. I know, but is that like the best thing that never happened to Michigan State? I'll simply say this. Sometimes it's addition by subtraction. Sometimes you win by losing. Oh, my goodness. So if you're not familiar with what – I'm mentioning Imani, yeah. the story is that Amani Bates is going to walk away from Memphis basketball. But then his dad popped out and said, what is everybody talking about? He's just going to see a doctor in Michigan. He'll be back. There's a lot of smoke. There's oh, yeah, because a, a major around. D1 school doesn't have a doctor that can look at you, Amani. Right. You can't go to any type of doctor in Memphis or Tennessee. Or Nashville or, or right. anywhere. You know, so, yeah, he had to come all the way back here. It looks as if he's probably going to leave Memphis and go overseas until he's ready for the NBA. I don't think he's ever going to be ready for the he's, NBA. He, you know, I think he's averaging like eight, seven, eight points a game. He's a non-factor. He is not what they. He's not what his camp thought he was going to be. No, and everybody yeah, else I, caught up to him. I, I, if he had gone to Michigan State, he would have tore this team apart, big time. He would have tore this team apart because I don't even know where and he now, would play. And now he would play imagine, over what Christie. He would play over what? Malik Hall? Probably. Joey Hauser. Yeah. And 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 you, now yeah, he would have had to start him. And and now then he may go the way him. of Zeb Jackson, who he left Michigan's team. But imagine how badly people would have criticized Tom Izzo for bringing Amani Bates off the bench. Right. They, they he would have had to start. Yeah. Like last night, Bates would have had to take the final shot. Instead of uh, Jay Nakins. Right. Who, who's and not out there. I'm just saying. But, boy, did he play well last night without putting up stats. Yeah, the rebounds, kicking, flying saving it. in there. Yeah. yeah, he played really well. But And I just, told, when, that, when that fight happened between those two, and, and that fight did happen between Imani Bates and Jay Nakins. Allegedly, it was over who was going to take over yeah, the last shot. Yeah, and Nakins got right? kicked off the team. I remember telling a lot of people close to the Michigan State basketball program, keep the bird in hand. Keep Jay Nakins. That'll pay off dividends. I'm telling you what. Jay Nakins, to me, for for you old heads out there, he is the reincarnation of Charlie Bell. When Charlie Bell and the Flintstones, everybody talks about Mateen and Mo Pete, but Charlie Bell was was the pit bull. He did everything. He was the lockdown defender. Charlie Bell was like 6'2", 6'3", but out-rebounding and dunk with anybody. He's Jay Nakins. And you know what? Once Aikens, like, I'm real anxious to see him next year. I know I don't want to get ahead of anything, but when he goes out there, he plays with a confidence you don't see out of a lot of freshmen as a guard like that. Think about this, Rico. He played 24 minutes last night, and I can only think of three rebounds or so. I, I can't even think of the shots he made, but as a basketball player to do that, and to not be brought up on the telecast for bad defense, turnover, something like that, mm-hmm. that means you played very, very well, especially mm-hmm. for him to play 24 minutes when, I mean, Walker played 27, and Hogard, I guess that's where it's at, played 14 last night. So essentially they played Aikens over him, huh? And that, that's, a, that's a good thing to see for Spartan fans because, listen, it is. Hogard's going to be, some days he's going to be spectacular. Because Aikens gives you more on defense. Yeah. 
and he's long. He's way longer than people give him credit for. It. Right, but Aikens, if, if you know, he and Christie are good defenders. Very good. Like they stay in front of, for freshmen. That's right. very impressive to see. And when Aikens' shot is on, you know, he's he's good when his shot is on. So oh, and it. Why do lefty shots look so pure sometimes? Because you're not used to seeing it. It's so it throws me off because. It's like when the Pistons had like all those lefties, Josh Smith and everybody, and Greg because it comes and, because the ball comes. I mean, it it's seems why like left, it's just more. It's why left-handed pitchers and left-handed batters. It's always like it was like why Griffey just looks so that, smooth or Bonds even. Right. Yeah. Because sure. they get up there and you're like, oh wow. So. But so. you know what? They shot what thirty-eight percent from three. Michigan State did, and they did just enough to, to do just enough. I hate to say it, but it's deja vu. Yeah. It's a Tom Izzo team. We'll yeah. see what we get. They got to get an alpha if they want to go far. And it might be Malik Hall. We might be seeing it emerge. They, they Tyson Walker. This team is going to go as far as Tyson Walker. If I agree. Tyson Walker can improve his game and the lights. He needs that Aaron Henry moment. Last year, when all of a sudden the lights clicked off for Aaron Henry, it became Aaron Henry's team, and State went on and beat Indiana, beat Ohio State, and beat Michigan, all ranked in the top five. And they made the tournament. Because remember, last year, didn't look like they was going to make it. Last year, saying the same thing. And then all of a sudden, Aaron Henry went like 25 a game the last five games. You need Tyson Walker to do the same. And he doesn't have to be. But like, it's so almost saying, like, when he's shooting like almost 50% from the three-point line, shoot more balls. And that's what I was going to say. It's not like he's tum-tum out there where They're leaving him a, open. And but, he's still opting. And it's like, guy. It's weird. Like, because it, the, he was a scorer at Northeast. He has to get over the fact. He's going to get yelled at regardless. And that's what it seems like, right? It's right. It, it's it's like, you know, uh, one, probably like one of the training in the Navy is the first thing they do is they just make you get all wet. So, okay, now you're wet. So now you don't have to worry about staying dry. Yeah, get over. You're already wet. You're going to get yelled at. That's okay. And it's that he hasn't hit that aha moment yet. He's still trying to negotiate and and, and rationalize with Izzo during a game. It's like, it doesn't work that way. Well, and it's like somebody should just sit him aside and be like, listen, you could score 50, have 10 assists, no turnovers, and I guarantee you you're still going to get yelled at throughout that game by Tom right. so. It's just going to happen, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I- I'm excited to see what, what the season's going to come. And also, I mean, we should tease it. We're going to do another podcast whenever smoke comes out of the building at Schembechler Hall or Whatever the heck's going to happen well, at Michigan with their head coach and Jim Harbaugh. Well, I mean, I think uh, fitting that on signing day he has to choose between Michigan, uh, Minnesota. I saw yesterday, <laughs> and uh, somebody Miami. said that he should do a press conference with, with the, the Vikings hats. hat. Somebody <laughs> a just sent me a, hat somebody a just sent hat. somebody just sent me that picture, Evan. It's it's funny <laughs> and choose it like LeBron kind of did. Funny that you said that. <laughs> Isn't. <laughs> Oh, yeah, so, yeah, you're not kidding. But, so I, mean, I, I may actually tweet this out. But, yeah, he's doing a press conference with those hats sitting in front of him. I mean, we'll see. But we'll definitely do a podcast on that. And Well, speaking of which, uh, Tucker capitalized on that Michigan, Michigan State game. He got two transfers who are now coming to Michigan State. Well, the tight end from Illinois, right? Jared Broussard, the, the running back from Colorado. He was the Pac-12 Player of the Year in 2020. Uh, 5'9", running style is a lot like Walker. I'm not saying he's going to be no, Kenneth Walker. No, but he's Walker, shifty. But he's very shifty. He's small like Walker. 
So along with him and Jalen Berger, who's it's, a little bit taller. And also what they already have. And Harold Joyner and Elijah Collins is still there and Jordan Simmons. Right. And what I love about Mel Tucker, he doesn't care if he has six dudes. If another guy at seven is going to make him better, so what? And it seems like the team is embracing it too. Yeah. Because guess what? If you're good enough to play, you're going to play. And it seems like these kids are coming to Michigan State like, well, they, they announced their new NIL thing. Yeah. What is, it, what is it? Play to stay, play to compete, or something like something that. Something like that. And, and I mean, they are so forward-thinking with the new college football. Mm. I'm impressed. Right. They are. Where they're, It's almost like a match.com for incoming players and businesses. We're going to find the right business for you in yeah. order to go with. Hey, so you're going to get We're going to be the middleman. You yeah. might play, and guess what? If everything works out, we're going to have a pretty damn good year. Yeah. Look what we did in one year with this. Imagine two, three, four years down the road. Right. So and they also get Daniel Barker, a grad transfer tight end from Illinois. Yeah. Okay, that's who I had saw. He six I, four. Yeah, he's kid. six four. Like I don't think he's a game changer, but you lost a lot of tight ends. You you have Malik Carr who's kind of the pass catching, you need a blocker. You got two tight ends who are already early and rolling right now, but I don't know if they're going to be ready. Daniel Barker's kind of your insurance policy. We can stick this guy out there. He's been around for a while. He can block. And he can, he can run catch your seven-yard routes. Right. He can do a lot of things. So probably him and Malik Carr are going to be the tight ends as of now. And, like I said, he had a bunch of players there. They had, I think, over 25 players from different, you know, well, classes. Well, I saw that kid from King that the everybody kid from King loves. Is Dante good. Moore, is that his name? No, not Dante Moore. Yeah, he was up there during that. He's but. that big five-star quarterback that everybody wants, right? He's yeah. essentially what, um, God, who was the kid that ended up going to Ferris that went to Michigan State, the body slam kid from Cass? Oh, J. Ru Campbell. Basically that, right, where he's a five-star kid. Every school in America wants him, and he's in our backyard. Right. But speaking of King, a name to look out for later on today is Jonathan Slack, Jr., the offensive lineman. For uh, for uh, for Dante Moore, he's a four-star kid, top 300 kid. He's looking to make his commitment later on today. If you're Michigan State, you probably want to keep an eye out on that. He was there okay. along, you know. He he did one of those photos, the cool photo sessions where he was with Tucker and the green and the How green awesome lightsaber. Also, another name for Spartans they may want to watch out for today or tomorrow is Andrew uh, De Pepe. He is a defensive end out of Iowa. He's 6'5". He's 240. And let me guess, he's one of the D-line coaches' prodigies, huh? Well, he he was there. He took he took the photo shoot. He that was guy's with, big, by the way, too. Yeah, he is. He like, was, I saw him next to Tucker in a photo. I was like, damn, that's a yeah. big dude. Yeah, Brand, uh, Brandon Jordan, the D- new defensive line coach. Yeah, so he, yeah, you know, watch out for him. He took a picture with him and Kevin Vickerson. You know, so he did the whole photo shoot with those guys. Two names to watch out for if you're Michigan State. He's like a top 150 kid. So they're starting to shoot a lot higher. Oh, yeah. And bringing in people. So, yeah, those are two names. Could end up becoming Spartans. Heck, by the time this thing hits the air. Right. So, you know, Jonathan Slack's doing his at 10 a.m. And we're recording this and it's 945 right now. So in 15 minutes. You'll see what I'm talking about. And the other guy, Andrew DePepe, like I said, he's 6'5", 240-pound defensive end, top 150 player in the nation from the state of Iowa. Yeah, they're going to tr- 
I, you're going to see serious upgrades on the MSU defensive line. They're going after some big boys, and with the new coach and Brandon uh, Jordan, they're going to be able to get those guys in because he can say, I train pros. I know I can make you better because I made pros better. Well, and and case in point, having those guys back here. I mean, I look at what he did with Rashawn Gary. <laughs> Rashawn Gary. That last looked, game against the 49ers, man. Yeah, he, looks not, he looked nothing like that at Michigan. That was the kid that we always thought we were going to see here. Right. So – just something to, to keep an eye out for. So, as Evan said, we'll 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 be back with on Harbaugh watch whenever whenever that happens. Who I, knows? I, I expect to and, hear sooner rather than later. And where does Michigan go after that? So Ooh, that's the conversation. I can't wait to. What's happen. your question for me? Um. Okay. I want an easy answer. We can get into this maybe down the road. Do you think right now it's more of an exciting time for Spartan fans than it was? When Mark had the team at the highest that they were, when they went to the college football playoff, it's all I think might have gone to a Final Four right around there. Do you have more reason now to be excited going forward than we did then? Do you get what I'm saying? Like, no, you know, I get what you're saying, and, and I'm going to say no because at the time, 2015 seemed like it was Michigan State's breakout coming out party, right? Football teams in the playoff, basketball teams going to the Final Four, and you just thought that things were going to be great. Now, in hindsight, yeah, right now, probably better times because we don't know the future. We're just assuming the future is going to be bright. Sure. You didn't know that at 2015 it was going to fall off a cliff and you would go from the college football playoffs to three and nine. Especially after, what, you beat Notre Dame in your second or third game yeah, convincingly. Because, think and- it, it was 2015. College football playoffs. They had that great. You're in the final four. You got Miles Bridges and all of those guys coming in for basketball. Well, in football, you had that monster class you, too, you, right? Donnie Corley and all of those guys coming in. You, you're like, yeah, Michigan State is rolling. It's where it looks like it is right now. You're hoping that Mel Tucker can continue the success, can continue this thing going, can bring in better players, take less players out of the transfer portal, and actually bring in guys of his own. Oh, by the way, uh, Ma Gaiote decided, you know what? It was cold out there in the streets. He withdrew his name from the linebacker from Michigan State. He was uh, Mel Tucker's highest-rated recruit in 2020. He took his name out the transfer portal. He's headed back to Michigan State. Crazy. I mean, Connor Hayward shows it's possible, right? Right. And so he shows what you can do. Sometimes I mean, they realize it's cold in the streets. He's and at the Senior Bowl now, and he's going to the Combine. Hey, they say the Lions are working them out a lot. So, Like, two years ago, if I told you Connor Hayward's going to be going to the Combine, you would have been like, get out of here. You know what? Right. I'll find a new Was he a farmer here. now? Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> he's bailing hay. But, I mean, you know what? It's like. Tuck's coming everywhere. It's like it's crazy because he's getting his own transfer kits. Back. Right. Like, like, yeah. He. I just wanted Tuck to re-recruit me again. So I just went to the transfer <laughs> portal. Show me some love again, Tuck. I mean, that's what Hayward did because it was Tucker that brought him back, right? Right. It was Tucker that brought him back, but Tucker recruited this kid. He left, and Tucker was like, so basically, the kid comes back. Now here's the thing. Next so, year, he probably won't be a major part. He'll probably do a lot of what he did this year, playing special teams, but. That's okay because the guys that are coming in and Brule and Wyndham and, and Boggle, they're one and done. And and also things happen. Right. Crouch, if you know, Halliday is the only one that has staying power. Sure. So if you can get in that rotation, you're good. And for Michigan State, if if you have Gayote, 
as part of your rotation, that's that means you got depth. Exactly. You're not forcing him to go out there and be that guy. Like Cal Halliday, I think becomes a depth guy, which is good. And it's and once again, it's not a knock on him, but it's saying these other guys are a little bit faster and a little bit stronger than you. But that you're going to still get a lot of playing time. And also for we need you, kid like that, motivation's everything. So, but yeah, to answer your question. It looks very bright now because football, you know, it looks like the sky's the limit. You got your coach for the next few years, getting paid a lot of money. You know, you're bringing in the top transfers, and now you're hoping to get top uh, recruits coming in. And now you just got to go out and win games. Yep. So, yeah, in 2015, man, that was the peak right there. Two teams in the Final Four. I don't think – I don't think anybody's no, done No, there that. was a crazy stat I remember at the time. I had it up on my desk forever. So, yeah, I don't think anybody's ever done that since either, that you had a team in both. No. So, but we'll see. But they have to keep winning. If they keep winning, then, yeah, I think that you will see that times will get better and better with the new football facilities coming in. The fact that, yeah, I mean, it's the campus is going to look a lot better with Ishbia and, and, and the Saint and all of that money coming in. All right, they're going to put a Captain America shield on Sparty. I mean, not, you know, but they, they actually got the statue that Alan Holler talked about. Is that the one that's like 200 feet tall or something? No, not, st- no, not the, no, that, that's just fans. No, okay. no, 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 no. This, this is a statue uh, of going back with, with all of the players from the 60s. Right, from the players of the 60s with Bubba Smith and all of those guys. I have something I need to show you one time. And yeah, they're going to build a statue. Of, it's a photo out there. Of the five players and the coach, and yeah, they're gonna they, they're gonna turn that into a permanent statue. My father-in-law's best friend has the team yearbook from 1966 signed by that entire team. You're kidding me? No, the entire team. He uh, his sister went to school there at the time and was in that dorm was in the same dorm as the football players, and she went up and down the dorm rooms and got them all to sign it. He sent it to me, and he's like, what's the value on this? And I said, listen, dude, I, beyond, I go, you you have cultural icons that change college football's landscape. You have Michigan State fans. You have football fans. Ask him how much he wants for that. <laughs> I will. Because, yeah, you got the, the five players. It's all, it's the entire. Five team. players, Biggie Munn, yep. all there, that statue. Yeah, you you. I'm going to have him, him send me some photos, and I'll send them to you. You but ask him how much he wants for that. It's so impressive, because I said I couldn't even – Put you a value on it because a there's nothing else out there like it. Evan, tell him it's worth twenty bucks. I I, I got twenty bucks for it. (laughs) Unfortunately, I like the guy. We'll talk after the podcast. I may need you to cut this off the podcast because I don't want any competition. (laughs) All right, for Evan Jenkins, I'm Rico Beard. Make sure you keep subscribing. Thanks for listening to the Five Star Zone.